The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Well, grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us uh, today. If um, you have a Bible, you might want to open it to John 17. We're going to be looking at a passage from, from the end of that chapter in, in, in just a moment. Um, also, if you want to mark uh, 791 on bended knee is the song of invitation. So we'll uh, sing 791 at the conclusion of, of the lesson. So we're involved in a, a series called The Path to the Cross. Over the last couple weeks, we've uh, uh, journeyed with Jesus as he's moved closer and closer to the cross. And so next week, we'll, we'll get to the cross. We'll get to that moment and, and we'll look at at that moment before um, we go on the following week to look at the resurrection. And so you may have heard it said that the Bible was not written to us, but it was written for us. And this is generally true. And it's a helpful saying to remember as we study the text of Scripture. You know, it's, it's essential to understand that God was not uh, speaking to us, but, but to Noah when he said, go and build an ark. You know, our, our faithfulness is not on building a, a massive boat. But there are some important lessons that, that we can learn from that story. Noah's faithfulness serves an example to us, and we are encouraged to be, to be faithful in our own lives. Well, well our text today is different than many parts of Scripture because Jesus is directly speaking to you and me. He is praying for everyone who is in this room this morning. He is not speaking to to Peter, James, or Andrew. He's already spoken to them. And now he turns his attention to all future Christians. He looks forward. And he speaks to us today. And because of this, we need to listen closely to what Jesus has to say. You know, if I told you this morning that that Jesus has a special message just for you, then you would probably pay attention. You'd want to hear what he has to say. You you would want to know things like, what is this message? What does Jesus want me to know? What does Jesus want me to do? We feel special When a significant person speaks directly to us. And Jesus is more than a significant person. He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He is the Son of God. And He has a message for the church today. And if we ever needed a word from Jesus, it is now. And this is what He has to say. I do not ask for these only but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory 
that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. This might not be the message that you are expecting. Perhaps you thought Jesus would say something like, stand your ground or hold to the truth. And those are important messages, but that's not what Jesus says. His prayer for us is that we be one. That we be perfectly unified. You know, standing for the truth would be easier. Why? Because Christians are fractured and divided. There has been much good done by Christians over the years. You know, we've built hospitals and orphanages and universities and libraries and homeless shelters and more and more and more. Christian ideals laid the groundwork for Western civilization. But one area where we have failed is unity. We have figured out how to do many wonderful things, but we have not figured out how to get along. And this is the one thing that Jesus desires for us. Uh, Christians have divided over many things over the years. Some of them have been significant, but, but most of them have been pretty petty. For instance, just in the last 100 years, we have divided over whether we have one communion cup or multiple communion cups. We have divided over whether or not it's permissible to have a kitchen in the building We have divided over how to support orphans. Is it the responsibility of individuals or is it a work of the church? And I could go on and on and on, but you get the point. Our divisions have been petty ones more often than not. Why is this? Well, well, I think it's because we feel strongly about religious issues. But I think it's also because we have not given this passage in John 17 the attention that it deserves. You know, this is one of those passages that that we need to hear. Not just hear, it's one of those passages that we need to hear often. that, That we need to return to on a regular basis. And there are several reasons for this. Jesus directs these statements in his prayer towards us. He's talking to us. He wants us to to hear what he has to say, and he wants us to act upon these words. Jesus makes this statement right before he goes to the cross. He's about to go to his death, and before he does, he has some important things to say. And these are words that he wants his followers to remember forever. We also need to be reminded of this statement on a regular basis because of its significance, because of what Jesus says within it. He says, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that, here's the reason why Christians are to be perfectly one, so that the, the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. And so one of the reasons for Christians to be unified is so the world may know that God sent Jesus. 
And so whether or not we are unified is a reflection upon the character of God. It also affects our outreach. You know, one of the accusations that the atheists and non-believers make is that, well, Christians are just divided. And we may want to dismiss that complaint. You know, we don't want to deal with it. We just want to get rid of it. But we cannot dismiss it. It is a legitimate complaint. Why? Jesus says so. Christians are not supposed to be divided. We are the body of Christ. And it is wrong to divide the body of Christ. So what are we to do? Well, correcting divisions that go back 100, 500, 1500 years seems daunting. How does one unify a church that has been growing apart for hundreds and hundreds of years? You know, these divisions will not be corrected overnight. But it is important that we give ourselves to the mission that Jesus gave us. And his desire is for us to be unified. And not just unified, we are to be one just as Jesus and God are one. That's what he says. This is the type of unity that we aim for. And this is a unity that that takes time and effort. We're not going to be unified just as God and Jesus are if we only meet together for an hour or two on Sunday morning. It's impossible to form community if we only see each other for one hour a week. We must invest in the lives of the people that we are to be unified with. And the first place to begin is with the local church. In John chapter 17, Jesus is speaking to all Christians everywhere. But but we have to begin somewhere in the place where we can have the most impact is the congregation where we worship and serve. And so unity is more than the absence of conflict. Jesus wants all of us to have a relationship with one another just like Jesus' relationship with the Father. And so when we are unified as we should be, we're going to be a better church. We're going to care for each other like we should. We will be able to, to easily join forces to help people who are in need. We will weep with one another and rejoice with one another because we will be involved in each other's lives. I want you to listen to this description of the early church from Acts chapter 2. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and all had, th- and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. This is the formula for nurturing and growing the community of Christ. It takes a group of people who are devoted to church teaching, to fellowship, to prayers, 
and to eating together. Notice that the phrase day by day appears twice in this text. It doesn't say week by week. It doesn't say they met together every Sunday. These Christians were meeting together daily. Now, that doesn't mean that that, that we have to meet every day. But I do think it means that we're going to have to get together more than once a week if we want to have what the early Christians had. We're going to have to devote more than an hour or two together if we're going to have the unity that, that Jesus wants us to have. And so if you're serious about following uh, what Jesus discussed in John 17, then don't leave this morning without inviting someone to lunch. And if you already have plans for lunch, then invite someone over to your house this week. Set up a time to get together. Uh, And you don't even have to leave your seat. You know, just just turn to the person you're sitting next to and, and invite them. We live in a fractured world. We live in a world where where people do not have many friends. And this is something that the world longs for. They're they're desperate for. The church is supposed to be countercultural. We are to show the world what it can be like when we come together in the name of Christ. And we are perfectly unified. We've created this community that God wants us to have. Of course, when we think about Christian unity, we need to think beyond the walls of our church building as well. You know, right right here is, is where Christian unity should begin, but then it needs to go further. And so Jesus prays for the church worldwide. One way we can be unified with our brothers and sisters around the world is by praying for them. We need to understand that that we are connected to Christians in many different countries and and continents. The the, the kingdom of God does not have borders or walls. It goes all over the world. And when we come together to share the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week, we are communing with everyone in this room, but, but we are also communing with Christians around the globe who are sharing this same meal. And so we need to be aware of the global aspect of our worship. We are pausing from the rush and busyness of life, just like many other Christians are are doing, to to praise and worship God. On the first day of the week, Christians around the world lift their voices together to create a beautiful chorus that is pleasing to God. Now, when it comes to Christian unity, the most difficult question is what we do about the Christians with whom we have major disagreements. You know, most disagreements between Christians are minor. But there are some that are major. Some disagreements go back hundreds of years. There are disagreements about doctrine. There are disagreements about worship. And these will not be easily resolved, and we shouldn't expect them to be. But because we all profess Christ, we have more in common than we might realize. And we should focus on what we agree on and go from there.
We should have fellowship and efforts such as helping people in need or, or, or other things that we agree on. We should recognize that even though we might have some doctrinal disagreements, we are in agreement regarding moral issues. And finding common ground will be extremely important as our culture continues to grow more and more secular. We are going to discover that, that we are a lot closer than we might have originally thought. So as we go out, it is important for us to remember the words of Christ. And not just today, but every day. When we wake up in the morning and before we go to bed at night, we need to remember that Jesus' desire is for us to be perfectly unified. And we should continually ask ourselves, how am I going to be united to my brother today? How am I going to be united to my sister today? What am I going to do to promote and to foster unity among those who profess Christ? It would be easy for us to sit back and think, well, you know, that's just an unrealistic ideal. It's never going to happen. And then never do a thing. But that mentality does not work for Jesus' followers. And if that is our attitude, then we're not really serious about being like Jesus. Instead, we take the words of Jesus to heart. Even though they are challenging, even though they are difficult, even though it means hard work. And then we go and we do our best to bring unity to the relationships that we have within the body of Christ. We work towards being the community that Jesus wants us to be. We think beyond ourselves and we pray for and we, we, we reach out to the global church. We do not allow differences to stand in our way, but continue to work towards the reality that, that Jesus portrays in his prayer. We seek to become perfectly one so that the world may know that God sent Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and we admit our faults and shortcomings. We admit, we admit that we are divided, that we are not unified as you would have us to be. That the Christian world is, is, is divided into to many different sects and beliefs. And, and we know that that's not what you want. We know that you want us to be unified. Father, we ask you to be with us this morning as, as the church here in LaGrange, and, and we pray that, that we will be the community that you would have us to be, that we will be known for our love for one another, that we will show this town what it means to be the body of Christ. Father, be with us as we seek what Jesus sought when he prayed these words 2,000 years ago. We're so thankful that he was so serious about these words and about his love for the church. 
that he was willing to go to the cross and die for them. May we realize that this mission we have before us is that important. We pray this in Jesus' name.